Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor in exile, and I am joined yet again by Kevin Stupid Doodoo Dumb Hume. <laughs> what a do, Kevron. What's up, man? Oh, oh, I was doing the trap, the trap vocals there. Um, yeah, uh, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, uh, call me post post Verone. Oh my god. <laughs> shoot me if i ever call you that Uh, a question for you my man um have you ever ghost ride uh uh rided ghost rid ghost ghost road ghost road i don't know how you do the past tense of that how do you ghost road the whip (laughs) uh you know uh i don't think i ever have um lost my car last year well right before 2020 uh and cannot say that in the years prior i've ever done anything of the sort <laughs> um that's <laughs> probably probably wise it's something you got to leave to the professionals um yeah i mean i think i used to do something with bikes when i was younger but that was just like letting the bike shoot out oh, after you yeah. left off it yeah 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 and just seeing what it did but that's just like watching your bike fall dude we you know <laughs> we I, I did lots of different extreme sports when i was younger <laughs> and like i got um kind of good at um it's hard to talk about this roll rollerblading I do remember because I, I skated and you were a blader and I was like, ah, okay. uh, I know. So lame. <laughs> um, um, but I did. I also tried the, the BMXing. The, the only story I have about that that's worth telling is there was like a really big ramp that one of my neighbors built and um, I tried to go off it and I did not go. The thing about like extreme sports like that is like you got to go faster then you're comfortable. It's like safer in a weird, it's, it's counterintuitive, but you got to go fast. Cause if you're going slow, that means you're, you're kind of pussyfooting around it. You're, you're kind of hesitating, you're hedging. And, yeah. and that's when you're really going to hurt yourself. And so I was not going nearly fast enough. I was scared of going <laughs> off this ramp and it was like a high ramp. You know, it was probably two, three feet, three feet is probably exaggeration, probably two <laughs> feet high. And like I went up, not going nearly fast enough, did not pull back on the handlebars. Oh. And the, it just went <laughs> bonk, oh, flipped yeah. over. But, you know, I was like 13 or something, so I just kind of like. Yeah, you just walked it off. Yeah, like just kind of like, just bounce off the concrete at that age. Yeah, man, I, I, I never went fast enough skateboarding, so I never really got to do anything fun <laughs> because it, I just never did anything fast enough. And I got to say, I have not, uh, again, ghost road, rid, rided the, I don't even think I've like spun a donut. I've done a few dumb things in my car, but I've never, I mean, I've seen you do some dumb shit in your car, but it was (sighs) never ghost riding said whip. I've seen you try to do donuts. That's for sure. You have. Oh man. I don't. Okay. I remember that. I remember you in that Azuzu back in the day. You tried to. You tried to spin some donuts in the Isoplex parking lot. Ah, <laughs> goddamn! Lucky I didn't tip that thing over. Those things were yeah, like dude. really top heavy. Yeah, I know. Or they that felt thing. like they were. They were, you know. Uh, yeah, that was that was ridiculous. So maybe I did try to do that. Um, and so okay, maybe I'm I'm doing my my phone number begins with five one zero. Nickel and dime, baby. <laughs> Area code Oakland, baby. So does mine. 
Free, Fremont, actually. Area Fremont. Co- area Union code Fremont. City. Union City. Not not quite as gangster um, we're, we're, or really gangster at all, kids. especially when it's me and it's you. We're just kind we're of... We're suburban kids, man. So when we're talking about ghostwriting, we're not talking about the Nick Cage and Ava Mendez starring 2007 film Ghost Rider. Which was a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> Maybe that's why I, I was reading about it. It's not technically part of the no- Marvel Cinematic Universe. And maybe no, that's it why. Was, it was awful. Don't <laughs> I mean, watch I it. Seen it. It was awful. Uh, so, yeah. Um, there's a million Nick Cage movies out there. And, like, a few of them are really good. And then yeah. a lot of them are really bad. Yeah. Um, but what we're, what we're talking about here, Kevin, of course, is yeah. sideshows. Yep. Ooh, tell me when to go. I love Time it when go. Ooh, dum dum dum. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I'm making a fool of myself right now. I mean, we both um, are. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Kevin. I resemble that remark. Um, I, I haven't. Uh, as I was saying, I haven't ghost. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I haven't ghost rode the whip. Ghost rid the whip. However you say it. But I did once, and you told me. I guess you remember the the spinning of the donuts in the isoplex parking lot. That's kind of coming back to me. I know the stupidest thing, the, the, the dumbest, the going dumbest thing I ever did was I think, well, I know I did. I stood on the hood of an in motion vehicle once. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was uh, no. that was a, that was, I'm glad I'm a, I lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Not endorsing that kind of behavior. It it was a suburban, as I recall, an old nineties suburban that had a novelty turn signal tone. Um, it played an Elvis song when you turned right or left. It was my friend's dad's suburban. Um fascinating. Is one of the details one of the a few details I remember from that night. Um and yeah, we I think we're going pretty slow, but uh God, it was a weird and wild night and uh yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I wouldn't do that now. No, wouldn't no. do that these days. No. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean that some of the tricks these guys are pulling at the sideshows aren't cool. And it doesn't mean that, you know, as much stuff that happens at these things that, you know, could be considered dangerous or is dangerous. Um, the story that we have in this week's paper, um, which we're calling tell them where to go. See what we did there. <laughs> uh is it's about like um it's about the the history of sideshows in Oakland um going back several decades and it's also about you know instead of trying to just take a punitive a punitive um law enforcement shut it down approach to to these things uh recognizing recommending that that the authorities recognize that this is like a cultural institution and take more of a harm reduction approach They've done this before um, in San Diego with um, with with some success, as uh, anyone who reads the story will find out. Um, and also, I mean, just like if you go back far enough, I'm pretty sure this is what NASCAR is. This is what drag racing is. I mean, yeah, like, for sure. Right. It's it's they 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 turned they turned something that kids did on the weekends. You know, good old boys, good old boys. Uh, they turned it into a sport and, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you know, they have a ton of safety measures in place. Exactly. Um, I mean, it just started off dudes running moonshine, trying to make a buck, you know, yeah. and it turned into one of the biggest sporting events and sponsorship coverage of things in the world. 
Yeah. NASCAR is huge. Exactly. And so um, our fantastic contributing writer, Veronica Irwin, talked to a number of folks associated with the scene, um, which over the course of the pandemic has has kind of even um, come more under fire because remember, remember the, the summer of fireworks? Jesus. Oh, yeah. That I mean, was, yeah, last summer. Yeah, and, and sideshows were popping off and like um, – you know, nobody was really 100% sure why. I mean, the best, I think the best explanation was, you know, kids are kind of bored right now. Yeah. Um, and you, well, you live in Oakland. I mean, I'm sure you were at least maybe well, you could have at least heard a few of these or maybe driven by or walked by. Like what was your experience? Um, has, what yeah. has been your experience? So I live on a kind of a primary corridor in North Oakland and, you know, there's always, it's sort of a small straightaway for a bit. So there's always cars and motorcycles that are just, you know, gunning their engines up and down the street. Um, but there's been a couple times where it's been like 11, 12, 1 AM and I was still awake and just heard a bunch of cars going by, look outside and see cars on both sides of the street, uh, moving in one direction, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. I think I know what's about to happen. And then I hear it a few blocks away, just, you know, the engines revving and tires squealing, you know? Yeah. So I've seen that happen a couple of times. Uh, it hasn't happened in directly in front of me, but I definitely, you know, um, I knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, from what I understand, like, you know, they, they try to go all over and they coordinate and, you know, they're not afraid to try to push it into some of the more quiet areas of, you know, like North Oakland and, you know, mm-hmm. the hills and things like that. Um, you know, the the more rebellious uh, old fuck you side of me is kind of like, yeah, man, stick it yeah. to all those old people. That's punk rock, except the, the problem is like you and me, Kevin, are starting to become those old people. Yeah, yeah I, We're I like, know. God damn it. It's. 10 o'clock. I mean, honestly, like, I would probably just, if it happened right outside my place, I probably would just watch it from above and just True observe, dad. Yeah, you know? But, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I can understand why people are, you know, prone to calling the police, um, scared of any of the so-called issues, violence, shootings that have happened around, you know, in them. Right. But, I mean... You know, you can't, I don't know. I don't feel like Oakland PD has really had any effect on, you know, curtailing them whatsoever. So, you know, I I read a bit of the article and I I sort of agree that there has to be some sort of way to try a different route and reduce them because this is, I mean, they come to San Francisco, they're doing it on the Bay Bridge, like, they're going to do it where they want to do it. And if you give them a safer outlet, uh, it prevents things like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the thrill is the illegality of it. Right. But well, also yeah, like, absolutely. But also you go out to go out to Alameda where I believe some of um, the matrix two or three, the dudes with the dreadlocks, were they in both of the second ones? I think those dudes were only in number two, um, but they definitely filmed, I think, that epic chase sequence out yeah. in Alameda. And I think they did that because it's just a bunch of wide open space. I mean, like airplane, like Alameda, you know, there's spots in Alameda that would be great, great for this where, you know, you're not going to, if you're spinning a donut and you lose control of your whip, you're not going to like run into a light pole. Um, and of course, you yeah. know, there's, there's the thrill seekers who want to do it illegally, but I think 
I think you'll be pleasant. I, I, based upon what, what, what went down in San Diego, I think, and what, you know, as we said, happened with NASCAR and uh, all the other uh, racing, professional racing things, um, you know, probably be pleasantly surprised. I think, you know, there's also this element that, I mean, at least I suspect where it's like, you know, as long as it's the, the good old boys running, running liquor um, in the, oh God, the General Lee, that show has not <laughs> aged well. Um, you know, like, you know, it's, it's motorsports, it's NASCAR, it's drag yeah. racing and it's, you know, and the Beach Boys and, you know, playing, playing loud Beach Boys song, you know, about uh, giddy up, giddy up 409. But then, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like more modern cars and, and the people look a, a little, um, a little more tan than um mike love and and brian wilson yeah uh, you know and and they're playing e40 instead um it becomes a uh it becomes a segment on the the 10 o'clock 10 o'clock news helicopters overhead live at 10 yeah frank somerville (laughs) shout out to shout out to frank somerville shout out to gassia michaelian shout out to leslie griffith griffith Shout out to Dennis Margie Richmond. Ba- shout- Margie Banez. Oh yes. Wait for it. Wait. Oh, you you stole my glory, Kevin. I was gonna say. Oh. Wait for it. I was gonna say, Elaine Corral. Remember her? And Dennis Richmond. Yeah, man. That Dennis Richmond. Oh my God, um, dude. The, the most powerful say... mustache in the universe. <laughs> no, no. Please go ahead. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to piggyback on kind of what you were saying about down in San Diego. Uh, you know, to sort of. You know, yeah, there's that whole empty, what, what, you know, there's a little bit of development out in Alameda near the old uh, naval station, uh, you know, and so it could be a nice sort of draw for some of the businesses out there. But piggybacking off of that with the whole sort of, you know, the A's are trying to get the city of Oakland to approve their waterfront deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out what to do with the Coliseum site. I mean, a lot of sideshows, not all of them, but a lot of them sort of originate in East Oakland, and that's right yeah. there. And those parking lots, when they're not being used for COVID testing and, uh, you know, vaccines, typically are pretty empty when games aren't being done either. I don't understand why we didn't just use that as a venue where it could be a racetrack on the weekends for various things, yeah. or it could be the place to go dumb. People go dumb, dumb in A's dumb, games. Why dumb, not just go dumb, dumb in the parking lot, too? Oh God. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I apologize if that offends anyone. No, well, it shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I hope it doesn't. Um, I hope it doesn't. The, I mean, people go dumb at Giants games too. I mean, people go uh, get wasted on like twelve dollar tall cans of Coors Light and get in fights in the parking lot of of all of all Bay Area sports teams. You know, yeah, doesn't, yeah. It's the Niners. It's the Raiders. It's the A's. It's the Giants. Um. Uh, and, and, you know, they're making the city's making money off of that, you know, encouraging this sort of, you know, what is, what is a live sporting event other than, you know, kind of like this organized, um, more controlled, you know, uh, gang mentality and, and like, you know, you get it, everyone gets together and they're like, yeah, go team. I mean, it, it exercises it. It's, it scratches that itch yeah. that, that we humans have. And like, you know, people are going to scratch that itch no matter what. And if you can give them some kind of positive outlet, why not? Absolutely. Give it. And, and yeah, and, and, a, and a more controlled, you, you know, and there's still going to be the, there's still going to be the underground events, but anyhow, um, 
you know, Veronica's coming on the podcast in a bit to talk about it. So I shouldn't steal all of, <laughs> we shouldn't, uh, and she's, she's the true expert here because she did the reporting. Um, but speaking of cars, another, another story in this week's SF Weekly um, is about the effort to uh, keep JFK Drive and uh, in, in, in Golden Gate Park and the Great Highway in the sunset. Um, keep those roads, the segments of those roads that have been closed during the pandemic, keep them closed permanently. And mm -hmm. um, I also think that is a good idea. I'm for it. And in this week's issue, um, Ben Schneider is out actually visiting some family in New York. He took a trip to um, go uh, to Central Park, did some man on the street reporting and, and, and also some reporting with some experts and, and found out how Golden, uh, I keep wanting to say Golden Gate, but Central Park uh, about three years ago finally managed to mostly close the streets of that park and Prospect Park um, oh, wow. to, to, you know, to traffic. And it took a long time and he, he kind of discusses the, all the politics that are involved and, and the outcome that he comes to is like, it, it's hard politically, everyone pushes back. But then once it actually happens, people kind of stop pushing back because they're like, Oh, this is actually really nice. And they yeah. push back in San Francisco, right? I mean, have you enjoyed any of these, these closed streets um, over the pandemic, Kevin? I mean, um, only in just in terms of going out and photographing, you know, trying mm. to document what it looks like <laughs> out there. Um, you know, I sadly haven't been to, to JFK um, to enjoy that, but I have been to the Great Highway a couple times because my brother kind of lives near there, and we've oh, gone cool. to the, gone to the beach, and we we you know you you can you you have to park far away because you don't want to the the beachside parking lot's always you know that's a gamble yeah. it's you know usually full, and you walk. And now there's like, we, you know, we take a, a nice kind of long stroll along the great highway, the sand, you see the moving sand dunes and, mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about getting hit by a car and it's, it's, Going it's 50 nice. and a 35, you know, <laughs> God. yeah, that area is always like, especially around the time, uh, outside, uh, outside lands and like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, hardly strictly or gone. It's just, it's a crazy yep. shit show over there. <laughs> But yeah, I think people really are enjoying these closed streets. In fact, actually, in fact, we're working on, a, on another cover story coming up about um, the parklets as well, and like what's going to happen with with these parklets once you know more and more people are vaccinated and we whatever return to normal means. Once we return mm -hmm. to normal, I mean, I think a lot of people want to see these parklets remain, and I think um, the also mayor included. <laughs> the mayor included, uh, uh, San Francisco state Senator Scott Weiner included. Um, and not only do people like, like them, uh, businesses have spent a lot of money on, them, you yeah, know, exactly. really ain't cheap. No, no. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about this week's issue of SF weekly and I'll sneak peek Kevin into next week's. So you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, um, coming up on the podcast, we are going to talk with Veronica Irwin about tell them where to go. And she'll, um, she'll tell us all about that in just a minute. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
welcome back. We're joined by SF Weekly contributor Veronica Irwin, who has this week's cover story on the storied Oakland tradition of the sideshow. Under the radar and, we should say, we have to say, illegal gatherings of stunt drivers and the spectators who show up to party with friends and get a hit of dopamine as they watch cars spin donuts and perform other stunts in local intersections and parking lots and city streets. The gatherings have inspired a fair amount of negative coverage in the media, and local authorities in law enforcement and politicians have been making a concerted and very public effort lately to shut these sideshows down. Of course, uh, there is more than one side to every story, uh, including this one, and that's why Veronica is here. So first off, Veronica, welcome. And second, why don't you frame your story for us and tell us why we're covering this topic right now? Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this topic. I think for a lot of San Francisco residents, it is obvious why we need to talk about sideshows. If you live in the Mission or I live in Bayview or any of the neighborhoods that have had an increase in sideshows, the Richmond scene a, a little bit too, you know that they have been louder and more frequent than they've been in recent years, um, especially in like the later half of 2020. I mean, San Francisco almost never gets sideshows. And there were periods of time where they were almost every night for like three, four nights in a row in the mission. Um, and they're loud. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with them, they're really scary. You hear screeching cars and a bunch of strangers you don't know, and maybe music you're not familiar with and, and people you don't recognize and you get scared. Um, and when I was speaking to Supervisor Safai and Supervisor Walton specifically, they said that they had been getting a lot of complaints from their constituents, people calling and saying, you know, I can't sleep at night. My dogs are barking. I'm, my road is blocked off. I can't drive home or I can't, you know, park in front of my house uh, when I get home late at night. And they felt like they had to do something about it. Um, and it also is worth being or it is worth saying uh, that a 21 year old was shot and killed near a sideshow um, in last or last fall at the end of 2020. Um, he was not a San Francisco resident, but he was a person with a baby on the way. And obviously that mm -hmm. sense or adds a, a serious sense of urgency to the situation. Yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about um, these, these sideshows and roads being blocked and, you know, and, and people not able to actually get to their street. I mean, when this is a really popping sideshow, like how many people show up to this thing? I mean, it depends. If you go to some of the really big ones in Oakland, 500 people. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say San Franciscos are probably still a little bit smaller. Um, San Franciscans don't gather. <laughs> They're not used to this, so they don't all you know come mm -hmm. out of their houses and watch. Um, most people stay inside, and it's the people that drove there that are attending. But you can still see them in you know, 100, 200 people, maybe 300 people at the peak, uh, depending. Yeah. And they're organized sort of by using Instagrams, uh, other forms of social media, right? And, and you know, people kind of understand that are in this scene. Um, maybe they don't say exactly where they are. Maybe ultimately they do. And then it's kind of very, very last minute. People, uh, they know it's coming. 
then they see where it's going to be and then they, they go there. Yeah, it's worth like explaining what it is, I suppose. There's kind of like different car clubs in the Bay Area and they all have Instagram pages. Um, and there's a couple of folks that are kind of like influencers in the scene in the Bay Area and they also have very popular Instagram pages. And they'll throw something up on their Instagram story and say, hey, DM me for more information. And then you direct message them and they tell you, hey, these are the three, four different intersections we're going to go to tonight. This is the first one. It's not so organized that it's timed. It's not like, oh, we're moving to the next location at this time. But when everybody yeah. starts moving, then you know that's where they're all going. <laughs> what is that called? A, a dinner a, a, a dinner party in three parts? What, <laughs> the, a moving, movable, that's a book, a movable feast. A moving dinner party. I don't know. Which, there's something like that that adults do. I, I wouldn't know. Adults, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm no, I don't know if I'll ever be an adult. I'm only adulting for now. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, bad jokes aside, the in telling this story, let's 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 go back a little bit. Let's let's dive into the history here. In in telling this story, Veronica, you take us back many decades um, to the beginning of what we now know as the sideshow, and you kind of chart their evolution. Can can you walk us through that history? Yeah. So sideshows have been going on in the Bay Area since. The- 80s. Um, I think the era they're most well known for is like the mid 90s. That's where a lot of the really popular uh, hip hop songs come out of like the sideshow era. And I mean, let's be honest, since sideshows really took off in the 90s, now every car ad you see has people doing donuts and people doing fishtails and the same kind of tricks. I mean, it it left its mark on pop culture forever after, after the mid 90s. Um, in the early 2000s is when And I should say, also, it used to be a little bit of a different kind of affair. Um, They were typically held in, like, large parking lots. The parking lot at the Eastmont Mall was a really popular location. Um, People drove these big, like, boat cars, you know, kind of like giant spaceships, Uh I think is how we describe them in the article. Um, Long, big cars with fancy paint jobs, glittery paint jobs, sometimes like gold trim. Um, They use the specific like wire spikes. I'm not a car person, so I'm going to sound like an idiot to anybody who's a real car person listening to this, but But style for sure. We struggled with this. This is a, let's pull back the curtain just a minute. Like with, with the editing process, you know, (laughs) Veronica, you and I went back on forth on this and I'm like, I'm like a fake car person. I'm like, I, I want to be a car person. I, um, I, I know how to do, I know how to do some stuff with cars. I work on my own car until I need, until I like get it to the point where I'm like, fuck, I need to take this to an actual mechanic. Right. Um, but like the thousand spoke wheels, like there's just, that's what we're talking about. The, 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 tons and tons of spokes yeah so it kind of glitters when you're driving slow down the pavement Mm -hmm. is kind of why it's cool it's basically just very flashy cars uh chevy caprice was one that everybody referenced as like kind of an iconic car of the era um and then they started to change in the early 2000s in 2002 Oakland passed a law um, where they said they were going to impound cars that were involved in the sideshow um and that was the first kind of law of that type um and a lot of people point to that moment in time as when the character of sideshows changed. You're not going to drive a super expensive car if it's going to get taken by the cops that night. So people start yeah. driving cheaper cars. And then how do you make a cheap car look cool? You do crazier tricks. And that's why mm-hmm. a lot of people say, you know, donuts became really popular and people doing them faster and faster. And people it's a it's a big tradition in the Bay Area here where like onlookers will try to tap the car as it yeah, swings by, yeah. which is very, very dangerous. Um, 
that all starts around this early 2000s era. Um, and crime picked up. All, like, you know, they said that this was going to address what they had noticed was, okay, more gun violence going on in the areas where these sideshows were happening, um, some robberies happening in the areas where these sideshows were happening. But that all went, all increased after they passed that law in 2002. Um, and so a lot of people say this is also like what made sideshows more violent. Um, and then in 2005, they started criminalizing onlookers in Oakland, finding and arresting people. And that also made things even more it made the whole sideshow more rebellious, I suppose, in tone. So they started uh, having sideshows later at night. It was more secretive to find out where it was happening. Um, and that's when you start having like, oh, we're going to go to multiple different intersections tonight because you're basically preparing for when you have to leave because the cops showed up. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. 2005, we should say, 2005, I just Googled it. That's when Tell Me When to Go dropped the E-40 anthem that, you know, it's, it, it's all about the Bay Area, but sideshows play a central part in that song and in, in, the, in the music video and some of the lingo, you know, like watch them swing, watch them swing, um, you know, references to sideshows. So it right. sounds like, you know, at that time it was it was it, it was it was on people's minds and E40 decided to make this song about it. And it's probably his biggest hit mm -hmm. of, of all time. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. So so. It, um, and, and we should also say like, you know, people know how to spin donuts and, and, you know, d do these tricks in other places, but the, the lingo, the, the, the term sideshow is, is very much tied to, to Oakland and, um, and these events, you know, Oakland gets, gets credit for the sideshow, um, kind of bringing it all together. Um, your story starts by drawing a pop culture parallel. I just mentioned E40, great pop culture um, export from the Bay Area. Um, and I think this this parallel is easy to understand. Whether people take the point that we're trying to make with this parallel is another story. White men of a certain age. Looking at you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it starts out by painting the picture of the kind of uh, uh, drag race event that, you know, has been memorialized in so many m movies and in Broadway classics like Grease, um, you know, Grease Lightning. Um, and, and that bands like the Beach Boys sang about in four-part harmony, you know, Giddy Up, Giddy Up 409. Um, and, and then you contrast that, that picture with a modern sideshow, which is in a lot of ways really similar, you know, uh, muscle cars, um, pop music, but there are some key differences and, and the sources in your story, um, know about these differences too, and, and highlighted them, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's worth being frank about, um, when I spoke with Des Lee Brooks, a former council member in Oakland, as well as Yapasua Zazaboy, who's kind of like a historian in his own right. He was on the show, um, about a month ago. Um, yeah. they were both very clear about it. They were like, look, these are essentially traffic infractions. Like this is not, this is like small traffic violations. This is not going 120 miles per hour. Like drag racing even is <laughs> like, it's, mm -hmm. it's things mm -hmm. that if a random person was doing this on the street, it would not be a, seen as a criminal activity. And if it was a white kid, it really would not be seen as a criminal activity. But because these sideshows um, are attended by mostly black and brown young people, 
it is automatically seen as criminal and violent and people automatically start thinking in terms of carceral responses. And, and they start thinking about things like gang activity right. and they start making links between the violence that happens near or at, or, you know, directly after or adjacent to these, these sideshow events. They, they kind of like, you know, they, they say th these two things are, they go in tandem when, you know, you, you talked about some of the unfortunate um, instances where, where people died and, and where people got hurt. And, um, you know, you, you, you painted a more complex picture. It wasn't just so simple as like somebody showed up to the sideshow and wanted to start trouble, right? There's, it's very, it's more complex than that. It's very complicated and it's almost like a chicken and then the egg and then the chicken situation as well. Something that, um, mm -hmm. Desley Brooks brought up that I thought was really interesting was she was like, look, we criminalized them because they were young black and brown kids. And then when you criminalize them, that gets people to start thinking in a more quote unquote criminal mindset, not necessarily that like criminalizing them made people more violent, but it starts making people think, okay, how do we be more secretive about this? And the more secretive mm -hmm. you get and the further you get from the public eye, the more anyone who wants to do something bad or violent, they're going to gravitate to those spaces because it's hidden and it's out of the public eye. I mean, like, why are we nervous walking down a dark street at night and not walking during the day, you know, because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you, when you push things underground, it just gives bad actors an opportunity to act. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Part of why I was interested in doing this story is because a couple of years ago, some people that I used to hang out with would go to these sideshows and they're not violent criminal people. You know, they're going because they want an adrenaline rush and they want to go meet people. They want to go meet girls at a place that's cheaper than a bar with a cover. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this, but most of the people that go to sideshows are 17, 18, 19 year old young boys that are just trying to be young kids. <laughs> like, that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, OK, we've 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 established what sideshows are. We've established their, th this, this reaction to them by the authorities. Um, we've painted the, we've, we've, we've explained like why the authorities might be cracking down so hard or the things that they're saying about, you know, this is why we have to crack down so hard. But um, while the Bay Area may, um, may be responding in one way and while, um, you know, supervisors may be sending me, which is partly how this started too was I got I got a, I got like this really self-congratulatory press release about the actions that um that that authorities were taking in San Francisco to shut this shit down mm -hmm. and it was just the tone of it that I was like this is really weird I mean like I know people get hurt at these things but like why are you why'd you write 500 words and send it to me and think that I was gonna like write something congratulating you I, I went the other way we're the alt weekly <laughs> and sure enough like when I talked to you you were like you you knew right off the top of your head or you pretty quickly found out that down in San Diego in southern that southern California city responded to sort of um, a glut of street racing and stunt driving and you know young kids in their fast cars doing stupid stuff they responded in a different way. And like, I guess what, what I'm winding up to is like, there, there might be a different way for the Bay area to handle this too. Right. Right. I mean, so it kind of backtracking to how this story started. Uh, Supervisor Safai authored an ordinance to impound cars 
um, that are involved in the sideshow. And I honestly do think it is well-intentioned. I think he hears from a lot of his constituents that are really concerned, and he's trying to protect them and do right by his constituents um, and answer to those concerns. But what we know is what happened in 2002 and how impounding cars can only make things more violent and make the tricks crazier and can push people towards being more secretive about it. And then that's when worse things go on. <laughs> I wasn't the most articulate way of explaining that, but. Well, it, it escalated it. It, you know, it's like, and, and maybe we should have learned from the first, I don't know. It, I feel like I'm being very scolding right now, but I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, no, <laughs> trying I mean, to it, wrap it up. And... It, it escalated. And these are the only approaches we've ever tried in the Bay area. We just try all of these different yeah, police driven go. approaches. Yeah. We impound cars and we, ticket spectators and that's kind of all we can really think we really can do but in san diego they had a big drag racing problem uh supposedly problem <laughs> um and mm -hmm. what they did was they set up a track in what used to be qualcomm stadium that stadium that's gotten torn down now uh there was a nonprofit called race legal and they would basically run legal drag racing events. Everybody signed liability waivers. Um, people had opportunities to get insurance for their cars. Um, and it was just a little bit more regulated. There's obviously, I mean, driving a car super fast and doing stunts is never going to be safe, but it's going to be safer and it's going to mm -hmm. be less vulnerable to bad actors that want to act upon a situation where there's no supervision involved. Yeah, that's the story in a nutshell, but there's a lot more. And you can read you can read it by picking up a copy of the paper this week, um, or going to sfweekly.com. And I want to thank you, Veronica, for joining us and um, breaking down your story. Tell tell them where to go. It's the little play on words that we did there. Thanks so much for joining us today, Veronica. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's edition of the SF Weekly Podcast. The episode was produced by me, Nick Maronin. Our audio engineer is Mike Huguenor. Our inimitable co-host is Kevin Hume. For more hot takes, deep dives, and alternative views on San Francisco news, pick up an issue of SF Weekly, visit our website at sfweekly.com, and subscribe to our podcast, wherever it is that you subscribe to podcasts. See you next week. Richmond signing off.